You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. Welcome, Hoosier fans, to this week's edition of Assembly Call Radio, where each week we discuss the most important topics in the world of Indiana basketball. This is our 269th edition of Assembly Call Radio, and it is our 874th episode overall of the Assembly Call, recorded on the evening of October 20th, 2022. I am your host, Jared Morris. And let's begin this edition of the Assembly Call how we begin every edition of the Assembly Call, and that is with our Hoosier Proud Banner Moment. And Indiana is the national champion. When it comes down, Indiana will be champion. Smart takes the shot. This week's Banner Moment occurred on Wednesday when Sam Vecini of The Athletic posted his list of the 20 best guards in college basketball. It's been a while since Indiana has had a player featured on such a list, but in a guards game like college basketball has become, you better have someone on there if you want a chance to go deep in March. So, which Hoosier made it onto Sam's list of the top 20 guards in the country? Well, actually, no one. In fact, there isn't a single Big Ten guard on Sam's list which is perhaps the biggest signal yet about why the Big Ten is considered so down this season. But if you scroll down to the final section of the piece, headlined Six Freshmen Who Could Swing Their Team's Season, Jalen Hutchifino makes a predictable appearance. And here is what Sam said about Jalen. Quote, Hutchifino is another player who has garnered high praise from scouts who have been to team practices early this season. Guys who play at Montverde are typically pretty ready to play early, and he could be next in line. Originally from Pittsburgh, the six-foot-five guard is lauded for his terrific feel for the game and his all-around impact on both ends of the court. He's a tough driver and has a college-ready frame to withstand the tough schedule of the Big Ten. If he can pair well with Xavier Johnson in the backcourt, the Hoosiers could end up not just being the best team in the Big Ten, but in the Final Four, unquote. Now that's pretty high praise from a guy in Sam who isn't one to simply buy into unwarranted hype. And it's become clear through all of the offseason scuttlebutt that Jalen is primed to have more of a Cody Zeller, Romeo Langford, Trace Jackson Davis level of impact than, say, Christian Lander or even Tamar Bates, who weren't quite ready for primetime as freshmen. The most prominent argument you hear against Indiana as a Big Ten favorite or Final Four contender is that the Hoosiers feature basically the same roster from last year's team that struggled just to make the tournament. But that argument severely underestimates the impact that Jalen and fellow freshman Malik Renew are seeming more and more likely to have. If you believe these two freshmen are ready to have prominent roles from day one, and I do, then it's much easier to buy into the case for IU optimism in a league without a lot of top-end talent. All right, now let me introduce my co-host this week. Andy is off, continuing his preparations for his daughter's youth basketball league. And Ryan remains in Rome, probably not sleeping much as he tries to keep tabs on the Padres from half a world away. But here with me are some friends that you know and love to discuss not just the men's team, but also Indiana's highly ranked women's team as well. First up, he is the founder of the Delphi Bracketology Club and a longtime high school basketball coach in the state of Indiana. You know who I'm talking about. He remembers the days when a movie cost a dollar Hustle is a crime. He's the coach and it's time. 
Coach, it is Tonsoni time. What's on your mind? Well, I put in a little practice this week. Uh, I, I'm going to Vegas. Practice? Yeah, I'm going to Vegas to follow the Hoosiers in December, so I needed to go to the casino uh, and, and learn some games. So I went to the casino here in Anderson and, and lost a little money, but I got some good practice in, just like the team's getting some practice in. Um, but seriously, I think uh, your your banner moment is, is really – important as I start reading uh, the v- variety of magazines the preseason magazines listening to all the podcasts uh, I think it is going to be key what contributions the two freshmen from Mount Verde can bring to this team because that criticism of you know the ninth place team is returning uh, but those two are going to be the big um, the big additions to uh, to this Indiana team so that's what uh, I'm looking forward to is to seeing in a week to eight days uh, how Jalen Hood Shafino. PBS Ion Sports podcast is, is named him, uh, how they gel, because I think that's the key to the ceiling being reached as opposed to just reaching the floor. Well said, Coach. All right. And here with us tonight, it is Coach Jeff Marlowe and Kathy Amos, the hosts of our IU Women's Basketball Show, Doing the Work, which now has its own podcast feed. So all the Doing the Work episodes have been in the Assembly Call feed, but Kathy and Jeff have been doing such a good job. And there's so much demand for a women's only show that we have spun it off into its own feed. So it is the Doing the Work feed. You can find it by searching for Doing the Work wherever you listen to podcasts. Now, we're still in the process of getting it posted everywhere. It's already up at Apple Podcasts. It's already up at Spotify. It should be on Google Podcasts soon. If you look for it somewhere and you don't find it and you want it there, let me know. We'll make sure that it gets there. But you can go to assemblycall.com slash DTW. That's assemblycall.com slash DTW. And you'll basically find their podcast homepage with all the latest episodes and all of the links to subscribe. Very, very excited uh, about what Jeff and Kathy are doing, doing the work. Uh, I'm very excited to get them their own feed and to have them keep us up to date on this highly anticipated women's basketball season. So let's get some opening thoughts. Kathy, we'll start with you. Men's team, women's team, just tell us what's on your mind. Yeah. Uh, thanks Jared. Uh, well, thanks for having us on first of all. Um, and kind of, I mentioned it last night on our podcast, um, doing the work and Jeff and I both are just want to tell you, especially and everyone else that listens to our podcast, just how extremely grateful we are. We don't, um, uh, couldn't be doing this without everyone. So we really enjoy it and really love it. So, um, that's really what's been on my mind the last couple of days. I feel, uh, I told you before we started tonight, I, I really do feel fancy. I've got my own podcast. I never in a million years would have thought that would be me, but, um, it is. And it kind of lets me realize that I, what I messed up as a child and picked the wrong career. I should have done something in sports and sports broadcasting that gives me an outlet to do that. So I'm just excited about that all the way around. So thank you, Jared. Thanks to everyone that listens and hopefully uh, we'll keep growing that audience and spreading the word about Indiana women's basketball as well. Absolutely. So and Quang uh, asked in the chat, is it still going to be on YouTube? The answer to that is yes. For now, it'll still be on the assembly call YouTube account. And we'll figure it out. Maybe we'll get you guys your own YouTube account, too. So they'll be up there. It doesn't have its own YouTube channel yet, but that is in the works. Coach Marlowe, what's on your mind? Good to see you. Oh, 
Hey, good to see you guys. And, and, and thanks for having us. And like Kathy said, just thanks for everything. And you, and you know, we, we were kind of talking about this last night on our show about a year ago at this time in the chat mob, Kathy and I came up with this idea for doing the work and, and you and, and the others at the back home network were able to make it happen. And we've really, you know, just enjoyed it. And, and like Quang and Joel and some of the others that have been all, uh, with us and that we call the workaholics in the, in, in our <laughs> chat that, um, you know, so, but I, I want to kind of piggyback first thing, uh, piggyback off of you and your banner moment um dane fife was on a local indianapolis radio show talking about jalen hood shafino possibly being a one and done and it won't be necessarily because he wows stat wise but he made the comment essentially that he's a winner he's a competitor and he's a winner and so i was really excited to hear you know dane make that comment and and i think um for iu fans that uh, it was also animated that dane's going to be doing some big 10 work um this this winter from big 10 network you mean big 10 work yeah big 10 network um but but i also then from the from our standpoint of doing the work we're just really excited about this iu women's team they come in this season they're ranked preseason number 11 uh we've spent the last couple weeks talking about the schedule and the big 10 for not only them but some of the contenders and 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 we've really noticed it's going to be it's back loaded the top contending teams are all going to kind of play each other at the end of the big 10 season so we're really looking forward to a a a really kind of knock down drag out fight in the big 10 yeah and there we're going to get to the ap rankings but there were six or seven uh big 10 teams in the women's preseason top 25 so a little tougher at least in the preseason than what the men's conference looks like so it should be a fun conference season all right well here's what we have in store we've got some hoosier headlines uh then we're going to talk about the preseason rankings for both the men and uh, men's and women's team uh and kind of break those two down and then in segment three of course we will answer a few questions that we got from our community members all of that and more coming this week on Assembly Call Radio. But first, we got to talk about our presenting sponsor. Home field apparel, for the team. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, this edition of Assembly Call Radio, just like all shows on the Back Home Network, including Doing the Work, presented by our friends at Home Field Apparel, where they have the largest collection of vintage IU apparel that you will find anywhere with beloved logos from every team's history. That's what Home Field Apparel does. They dig deep into the archives of every college and university that they work with, and they find great old logos and brand marks and breathe new life into them. Uh, and the best thing about Home Field Apparel to keep in mind right now, as October starts to uh, you know kind of round its final lap and get into November and you're thinking about Christmas shopping, like Home Field Apparel is like your one-stop shop for pretty much everyone on your Christmas list because they've got so many different schools, so many different types of garments, whether you want you know, a t-shirt, whether you want to get one of the comfortable crew necks, one of the incredibly comfortable uh, hoodies that Kathy is wearing right now. She's got the assembly call one on that's on that just super comfortable material that lasts through many washes. Coach has one on, the colors stay. Everything they do is first class, which you would expect because it's a business, a company led by Kelly School grads, founded by Kelly School grads. They're still in Indianapolis. They support uh, Indiana causes and shows. They're just great folks. We love supporting them and really appreciate their support for us. So go to homefieldapparel.com, use our promo code HOME to get 15% off your first order. If you haven't used that promo code yet, save it up for Christmas, load up your cart, and get 15% off as much stuff as you can. Again, the website, homefieldapparel.com, promo code HOME, wear one for the team. 
Okay, so let's talk a few Hoosier headlines. Uh, we got kind of further confirmation this week about the resumption of the Indiana-Kentucky series. Uh, John Calipari made mention of it again. Uh, we talked about this last week, but it definitely seems like the series uh, is going to be back on, assuming that the administrators can dot the I's and cross the T's. We'll see where the games are. It looks like it's going to be a mix of on-campus uh, and off-campus uh, you know, venues, so We'll wait to get some more details there, but certainly everything seems to be moving in the right direction uh, as far as that goes. And the NBA season started, and there are six former Hoosiers on NBA rosters. Victor Oladipo playing for the Heat. OG, of course, for Toronto. Noah Vonley was signed by the Celtics. Thomas Bryant playing for the Lakers. He just had surgery, so he will be out for a few weeks. Uh, Romeo Langford hung on with the San Antonio Spurs and had a couple of really nice moments in the preseason. Fingers crossed they actually give him some minutes because there's a good NBA player in there. He just needs a chance. Uh, Eric Gordon playing for the Rockets and Cody Zeller was recently waived by Utah. Um, so we'll see if he gets another chance with another team. But six Hoosiers uh, in the NBA playing uh, prominent roles, which is nice to see. Uh, Coach Marlowe, what is, uh, can you give us an update on the IU women who are in the pros? I know you've been doing this in the community. Um, I know Alexa and Nikki are both playing, aren't they? Yeah, Alexa Golbe and Nikki, uh, Nicole Cardano-Hillary are both playing in Spain. And that's kind of what got me interested. And I thought maybe some of our fans would be interested in following them. And then I remember that Amanda Cahill has been playing in Europe for a few years as well. She's playing with the team in Luxembourg. And then we found out on our show last week, Tyra Buss, Tyra Buss-Davison, is playing in Lithuania this year. And I think this is the first time Tyra's played since graduation. So, so right now, as far as I know, we have four uh, Hoosiers playing overseas in the women's leagues. Wasn't she an assistant coach for a while somewhere? Yeah, she was at UW Milwaukee for a while. Um, I think even spent a year at Evansville, if I recall right. So yeah, she'd been doing some coaching. Um, but like I said, and then her husband, uh, I won't say his name, uh, but her husband got a, <laughs> is playing in the Lithuania League as well, I believe. So uh, I was telling Kathy last night and on the show that uh, I read an article where she's had a little bit of an issue. And I shouldn't call it issue, but uh, she said the, a lot of the teammates speak English and she's able to get, and kind of communicate with them. But when she first got there, none of the coaches spoke English. And of course she wasn't speaking Lithuanian. So there was a little bit of a language barrier there for hmm. By the way, underrated thing to look forward to in this big 10 basketball season, no Brad Davison or Jordan Bohannon. They're both gone. We don't have to worry about them anymore, which is, uh, which is kind of nice. Um, all right. Coach Tonsoni. The other thing that I want to talk about here in Hoosier headlines, this is more of a general headline is there's a whole lot of talk out there about expanding the NCAA tournament. Can you come up with any good reason why the tournament should be expanded? Because I don't. I think it's a ridiculous idea. Um, but I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm missing something. And I don't know how likely it is, but there's a whole lot of kind of chatter out there about it. It's kind of scaring the, me. The, the, yeah, the major chatter is to try to get 20 or 25% of every sport into the postseason. And if you do that, I, I think that ups the number um, much greater than 68. You're looking at 80 maybe, something like that. Uh, I, I'm against expansion. I, I think the tournament is very special. I think you have to play well during the regular season. I think sometimes we have too many teams from bigger conferences as it is right now. Um, you know, I, I don't want to necessarily see you have to finish halfway in the conference or in the top half because of unbalanced schedules. There's a lot of nuance there. But the only way that I would uh, be okay with it is if the, the additional slots were set aside for mid-majors 
that don't have the opportunity to go and, and build their resumes from quad one and quad two, playing bigger opponents in the non-conference. Um, there's some really good small conference, mid-major conference teams that could maybe win a game uh, or two in, in the tournament. So if they would come, if, if I were asked that you had to have expansion, what, you know, would you do with it? I'd say, you know, four to to six teams, but they had to be, you know, mid-major. I, I don't want to see 11 out of 14 Big Ten teams in because, you know, um, you know, Maryland is 17 and 14 and had three good wins through the season. That's not a tournament to me. Um, you know, and, and the, everyone has a shot. Win your tournament. Win your conference tournament, you get in. So, in essence, everyone is in the tournament um, as it is technically. Uh, so, I'm against it. Um, <laughs> the comment by Greg Sankey when he was talking about Texas A&M, how A&M didn't have access to the tournament, which is, quote, it's like, what are you talking yeah. about? They win scheduled the no one game. in the non-conference. They had the SEC tournament. Win a few more games. I mean, making the tournament itself should matter. Like, that should be kind of a, a marker of at least a, you know, a, you know I, for some programs, that's just the mark of a decent season. For other programs, it's the mark of a really good season. But it should matter. And if you water it down too much, it doesn't matter. And then all that's going to matter is what you do in the tournament. And that's going to put even more emphasis on a single elimination, you know, results of a single elimination tournament, which can be kind of random anyway. And how would you do it? Like, if you're, you know, say that your idea came to fruition, they added mid-majors, would those be kind of set up as like play-in games or mid-majors are playing each You'd other? You'd add another round. The play-in games wouldn't be play-in games. There'd be a, a that round. It, it used yeah. to be when, uh, what was it, there were 48 teams. You, you had the first four teams had a bye and everyone else played a, a first-round game uh, to move on. Uh, that would be what it is. You would have, what do you have now, four play-in games. Um, you'd move that up to eight uh, so, yeah. you, you know, you would add eight teams that way. You get up to 76. Um, I, I just – You'd have maybe like the top eight seeds would get a bye or something like that. Yeah. Um, and and mm. so that would be that, that first round. And so uh, it's money-driven. It's the same thing that we're feeling with conference uh, realignment. It's not the way it has been in the past. It's about money. If this opens up another avenue for someone besides CBS to bid for the first rounds of NCAA tournament games and it gets money. But I think it would take away money, maybe not from the conference tournament, because that conference tournament doesn't mean much anymore. Um, you know, the automatic bid, I guess it doesn't mean much now for some of the bigger schools too, but I just don't, I, you know, I, I don't know how many teams you need in. Um, at some but, point, all of this conference realignment, all of this expansion to make sure everyone gets in and and money is made it's going to back you know um there's there's going to be some negative um it's you're going to lose your product at at some point and how much money is out there before the product becomes something that people don't want to invest in in the tv market and all of that there's a point uh, diminishing returns i think is the economic term um but yeah i i but I, I'll tell you, I didn't like it when it went from 64 to 68, and I've come to be okay with it. I didn't, I didn't like the baseball idea, uh, and I think the playoffs this year have turned out to be okay. So, again, maybe, maybe change uh, can be done appropriately. I hope not. 
but coach, don't you think it's more along the line? You've got the SEC commissioner complaining about one of his teams not getting in. They're not. They're not worrying about the mid major. This just smacks no. more of the football thing of the rich want to get richer. And I agree with you. I think it's bad, and I think they're going to kill the goose that laid the golden egg in the long run. But I think if if this has been a Mac commissioner saying that they weren't getting access, I might have been like, okay, that's a legit argument. But the SEC commissioner, and then maybe you know that it to there, me it just smacks this whole football thing going on. Absolutely. It's all about at the money grab. And it's a money grab for the Power Five conferences. Absolutely, and and if you really want to argue, go to, go to the MAC, and you have Toledo and Akron who are sitting there at twenty three and five and twenty three and seven. And they're playing in the championship game, and one team goes and one team doesn't because they're not in a big conference. That's the only way that I would say, um, you know, I, I've given some thought to regular season champs get that first get an NIT bid now if you don't win the tournament, but. Maybe you take that from a pool of that and you take four, six teams from that pool plus some others uh, to give more if access points. It's it's only smaller schools. It's not bigger conferences. That That's that's just silly. That's just money. Every big conference team has access to the tournament. Absolutely. <laughs> Unless you suck and you shouldn't yeah. be rewarded if you suck. So, Kathy, you want the final word on this? I don't really have anything else to say, <laughs> to be honest. No, I agree. I think this seems like an uh, absolutely terrible idea. So, no, yeah. you, I think coaches uh, hit it on the head there. It's about money. Exactly. Bags, bags of cash. <laughs> bags of cash. It always is, man. It always is. Um, all right. Coming up on Assembly Call Radio, this was a really important week for another reason. The AP preseason polls came out and both the men and women were in there. Not something that happens very often, but we are going to talk about it next on the Assembly Call. Stick with us. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. All right. Well, hello to everybody who is here. I see a comment from Joel. It says, I've been drinking tonight at the office lounge. If you know, you know. I definitely know. <laughs> Miss the office lounge. So we'll be, we'll be expecting some saltiness from Joel uh, in the chat as we go through tonight. More than normal. It's a, it's a normal night. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so your, your chat mob folks are called the workaholics. That's a great yeah. name. That is awesome. Yeah. That was Jeff. I was, I don't know. I, 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 was say, I thought, I thought it was Kathy who came up with it, but oh. I mean, look, look at the two joint of them. Credit. Joint credit. Yeah. yeah. Not taking you, any of the credit. Yeah. You come on the, <laughs> haven't you listened to Ryan and I on this show? Other. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy and Jeff just sitting here trying to pass the, the credit back and forth. Yeah. 
And so yeah. for the people who are with us tonight, uh, we have a next week, we're kind of doing a first. We're kind of branching outside of the, the family here. And we're going to have uh, Kyle Huseman from Hawkeye Report on with us next week to Ooh. talk a little bit about Iowa women. And hopefully he, he has a he and, and Big Ten women as a whole. So we're trying. We kind of reached out to and Kathy and I have been talking about that a little bit off air that we wanted to maybe start trying to reach out to a few more people throughout the league to try mm-hmm. and to help not only build our brand, but also just to get more insight to, for our fans as well. So what's the, give us the quick overview of what you guys are planning for this year's schedule was. (laughs) You'll know when we know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Cause you guys are going to do some post game shows, right? And then are you going to keep doing the Wednesday night? The Wednesday night thing? We've been talking about the Wednesday night thing for post game. um, We're not going to do it after every show. Um, mainly because schedules with just the two of us especially is hard. But um, non-conference games, I think, will bundle some of those together. Um, yeah. Maybe even getting into the Big Ten season, we might bundle, depending on how schedules lay out. But we'll still do individual shows for like some of the bigger games, obviously, like North Carolina, right? That will be its own show. Um, if there's um, some of the things Jeff and I have been batting around are like Jeff mentioned, we're, we've got the Iowa writer, um, next week, we're going to try to see who else maybe from around the league we can talk to. I know I found an Ohio state website. Um, so I'm going to try to figure out if I can contact their writer, um, and kind of hit some other people, maybe get some different takes during the the season. We've already talked to like Amanda Foster again. She was on our show earlier this season, um, off season. So we might, she's covering uh, the women for inside the hall. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, and she was really great on the show with us. So we might have her back. Um, I know Austin Rinder. has Render has said he he'd come back on with us as well. So we Very have cool. some other folks on there. So we might do some Wednesday shows. It's just um, since this isn't our daytime job, it just makes it <laughs> sometimes yeah. difficult to to get scheduling going. Just even for the two of us, as <laughs> you witnessed. So, so for folks who want to keep tabs on the schedule, following you on Twitter is that the best thing yeah. to do? Yeah. Okay. We have, yeah. And we have our own Twitter in feed now at DTWIUWBB. It's a little convoluted, but if you search on Twitter for doing the work, doing space, the space work, you'll find us. Okay. Yeah. And then yeah. you can also we, find Jeff at IU Jeff and Kathy is just Kathy yep. Amos. Right? Yep. yep. Okay. Exactly. Awesome. Looking forward to Hashtag it. Hashtag Kathy Amos. <laughs> Thanks, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> That's what oh, got all man. this shit started. I know it. <laughs> and you're happy it did. So don't say otherwise. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Joel's pouring another bourbon. That means it's time for us to go to segment two. Time to go. Y'all ready? Let's do this. Yep. What's up, y'all? It's Devontae Green giving you the green light to watch assembly call after every IU game. Just don't listen to their opinions about shot selection. Remember, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Go Hoosiers. Thank you, Devontae. Welcome back to the Assembly Call. I'm Jared Morris. I'm here with the coach Brian Tonsoni, the coach Jeff Marlowe, and Kathy Amos. Kathy and Jeff, of course, hosting our new show, Doing the Work, uh, which you can find and subscribe to at assemblycall.com slash DTW. We are going to spend this segment talking about the men and getting you caught up on the women's team, and primed for the season. Uh, we will do it within the framework of the preseason AP polls because guess what? Your Indiana Hoosiers are top 15 in both of them. So, Coach Tonsoni, the men came in at number 13 in the preseason AP poll. 
which seems you know about right. That's kind of where you're seeing Indiana in that 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 uh, range. They were right around there in Ken Palm. Uh, this is the first time, Coach, you might have seen this on the run sheet, but do you know the last time that Indiana was in the AP poll? Not just the preseason, but just any AP poll Ooh. the last time the Hoosiers. I, I don't know. The women have a great streak going. They've been in it for a long time. The men last appeared in 2019. 2019. So it's been a while, uh, but we are back. There are only two other Big Ten teams in the preseason AP poll. That is Michigan at number 22, mm-hmm. Illinois at number 23. Uh, Purdue, Michigan State, Ohio State, Iowa, and Rutgers are all receiving votes. And in terms of Indiana's non-conference schedule, North Carolina is number one, Kansas is number five, Arizona number 17, and Xavier is receiving votes. Uh, Coach Tonsoni, your reaction uh, to the AP poll, Indiana's slot in it, and did anything else jump out at you in those rankings? Yeah, one, I'm happy that Indiana is back in the national discussion. That's the number one thing, regardless of, of where they were, if they were higher or lower they're back in discussion for Big Ten championships. We're talking about uh, awards on podcasts, and that's where we all want this to be, uh, and we want it to be there consistently. So it's it, it, we're not back until the results are there, but we're back in the discussion. That's what it means to me. the The preseason polls basically go on, you know, kind of what happened last year. It's kind of like the Sagarin rankings are nice, but they're better in January when this year's uh, information and stats overtake some of the you know algorithm from previous seasons so it, it's it's a it's a bunch of people looking at rosters and generally the teams with people coming back are rated a little bit higher uh, than the teams the teams that had some success uh, in, in tournaments get rated higher you know UCLA coming off of their final four run they had a tough go uh, you look at North Carolina they had a nice run from a eight seed, nine seed situation. They're ranked number one. I'm not sure they're going to maintain that. So the polls are, are just a, a real quick snapshot of what a bunch of people think. I don't put a lot of meaning into them until we see next Saturday that exhibition and how they're playing and how Indiana's doing, what those rotations are. So I'm happy and thrilled that we're talking about it and that I'm turning on podcasts and Indiana is not just a quick mention at being seven or eighth and then moving on to the other teams. Uh, this is what you want as a fan. It's all fantastic. Talk to me after I get back from Vegas and we played three of these teams. And if we're still ranked in 13th or 12th, then I think we're legit. And that's going to mean a a very fun Big Ten season. Have we talked about having a camera crew follow you around Vegas? Maybe doing like a a documentary, Coach Tonsoni in Vegas? Uh, Yeah, the way I played the other day at the casino, I'm not sure that that would last too long. I might need to take some – get some advertising dollars or something. <laughs> I'll be going down to Lawrence. So yeah, you can just send them there next. <laughs> I'm still thinking about it, Kathy. Yeah. I may end up, right, I may end up going there too. I'm trying to work it out. Just do uh, it like Chad did down the Bahamas last year. Just have your iPhone with you. That's right. <laughs> so here's what I want to say about preseason rankings. And I feel like we mention this every year. It is easy to say, you know, they don't matter. And to a certain extent, they don't, because if you come out and suck, it doesn't matter what, what your preseason ranking was. Like, at some point, you have to win games. But there's two things that are important to know. Like, 
preseason rankings have been relatively predictive for what the good teams are going to be. And so it, you know, obviously there are always outliers. There are teams that aren't in the preseason rankings that end up doing really well. There are teams that are ranked that struggle, but for the most part, the best teams end up coming from that group that is ranked. And the other thing that it does is there's an anchoring effect. If you're ranked highly, which means you're going to get more benefit of the doubt. If you take on some losses, because say you're Indiana and you're number 13, you lose a couple of non-conference games. Okay, you drop a little bit, but you don't drop as far as you would if you were 30th and you're losing those games, right? You get more benefit of the doubt and you start with more margin for error. So to a certain extent, they don't matter, but in another way, they kind of do. Um, and as long as Indiana does the things that it needs to do, it's much better to start at 13 and to be able to either maintain or, you know, raise your level than to, you know, start down in the 30s or 40s and have that long uphill climb up. And so getting that respect, you know, does does help just start you from a better place and kind of anchor you in people's minds for what you're supposed to be. And that's the other reason why it's important. Let, let, me, let me throw a little um, shade on that, though. The rankings mean nothing come time to select tournament seating and matchups and everything. It's how you play. Um, so you could be ranked seventh and have a four seed in the tournament. So, you know, I, it's good for us to, to, to look at, and and I understand exactly what you're saying. If you're looking at the rankings, Indiana loses, uh, to, uh, North Carolina, they're not going to fall very far. Um, even a loss to Xavier, they're not going to fall because they're considered to be a good top team. That's the best thing about these preseason that they're in the discussion for being some of the better teams, but going from 13 to 10 or 13 to 18, um, that's only going to happen. And the bottom line is you got to win and you got to win big games. Uh, and, yep. and, and that's, that's the ultimate scorecard. Um, and, and no offense to a couple of the guys who are on the AP voting list and the coaches who have their assistants do it. Um, I, I have come to not really, enjoy any rankings um because i don't know i mean it's it's the wins and losses matter more to me than than the rankings they will no by the end of the season it will but the rankings will matter for perception and conversation and all that right, stuff as right you go, correct as you go through the season okay so that's the men and now let's look at the women's side and we probably buried the lead here because the women's team has obviously been a lot more successful than the men's team uh, and they are ranked higher. They are ranked 11th in the preseason poll. Uh, unlike with the men, there are a lot of Big Ten teams in the preseason poll. You've got Iowa number four, Ohio State number 14, Maryland number 17, Nebraska number 22, Michigan number 25. Uh, and in non-conference play, uh, Indiana will play number five, Tennessee, uh, in Knoxville on November 14th. And Indiana hosts North Carolina, which is ranked number 12 as part of the Big Ten ACC uh, Challenge. Now, here's a good note for the women. The top 25 has featured the Hoosiers in every release, starting with the 2019-2020 preseason poll. So they have stayed in the top 25 that entire time. And the highest IU has ever been, pop quiz Kathy, do you know the highest ranking Indiana has ever achieved in the AP poll? I think they got to number four last year. They did get to number four yes. last year. We will see if they can get higher. So let's take a few minutes here. Um, obviously, there are a lot of fans who are, you know, deep into the women's team and follow them very closely. Uh, and there are others who follow the men's team very closely and are more casual fans of of the women's team. 
But with the success of Terry Moran's crew, she's pulling more and more people over into the diehard category every season because the team has been so successful and so fun. Um, but from you two, and you divvy this up however you want, but I'd love for you to give us give us the crash course. Like, get us all up to speed on the women's team. Who's left? Who's back? You know, why are they ranked number 11? What's the outlook for this season? Get us all up to speed. Sure. Yeah, Jeff, um, I can take a couple and then you can fill in the gaps. How's that sound? Go for it, Kathy. Um, some of the, the players. So um, real quick, two notes, since you're talking, Jared, about first times and rankings since X year. This is the first time ever the men and women have been ranked preseason together. So wow. um, that was I thought that was really cool. So we talked about that last night. So um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, well, well-deserved. Yeah. The, the biggest unknown for people that don't follow the team probably is the fit of the team coming in. So we, we did lose a number of, of high profile players. As you mentioned, we were talking about the pro players. Um, uh, we had Nicole Cardona Hillary that we've lost, Ali Papperg that we've lost as well as, um, uh, Alexa Goulbay. Um, we have seven new players coming in. There are four freshmen and three transfers coming in. Wow. The transfers in particular are pretty high profile as well. So you have Sydney Parrish is probably the highest profile of, of um, the transfers coming in. Sydney, for those who don't follow, again, she was um, Miss Basketball in the state of Indiana a couple of years ago and actually had played for Oregon for a couple of years and is now transferring back. Uh, another name that might be familiar to people if you watched um, us play Minnesota last year is Sarah, Sarah Scalia. She is transferring down. She was um, She's definitely a shooting specialist for us as well. And then we have another gal that looks to be maybe um, be able to take around, if you would think of Alexa Goulbay's spot, um, that will be coming in with Alyssa Geary. So those are our three transfers coming in. Um, Jeff, do you want to talk about um, any of the freshmen? There's probably one in particular that we could talk about in terms of newcomers. Yeah, I, I don't think our freshmen, I'm, and I'm and I'm going to forget somebody here because there's four of them, but it's uh, Alexis Bargesser and 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 Lily Meister, I think we'll probably see very limited minutes. Bargesser is coming off a knee injury last year in high school, but she actually ended up playing uh, running track at, during the spring for her high school in Michigan. But I have seen some pictures of her here in the preseason, pretty heavy brace still on that knee. So I think it, you'll see them. But um, the the uh, the girl that really kind of has everybody a buzz is kind of, and it's to a certain degree, Jared and Brian is almost a, a, a Jaden, Jalen hood, Shafino type, uh, six, two, six, three, um, kind of everything player out of Israel in Yarden Garzan. And she has actually played a little bit of pro ball over in, in, in Israel. Uh, so her background is one that we're really hearing some things, you know, some, some, some kind of things leaking out of the program that if she doesn't start right away, she's going to be heavy into the rotation and really has the ability at, at minimum to play everything from one through three, if not one through four. So mm -hmm. that'll be that with them. Then the other part I'll kind of get into is the reason they're high here is they return two really good veterans, Mackenzie Holmes and Grace Berger. And and Grace and uh, Grace was actually named to the Cheryl Miller Award list just, uh, the other day. Sarah Scalia was named to Thank the um, 
uh, Ann Meyer Drysdale award list yeah. the other day as well. And so you got those two veterans and then you throw in what they've got. And what we're really excited about, at least from our perspective on the show is how will it change a little bit? This is a team that has not been a very good three point shooting. Hmm, notice a, a trend there has hmm. not been a very good three point <laughs> shooting team, but Terry Moore went out and got some kids who, especially in Sarah Scalia, but we also think Sydney Parrish is going to be able to shoot the three ball a little bit. And from what we're hearing, Garzon should be able to shoot it a little bit. So, and don't forget Chloe. And can't Chloe, forget about Chloe. I'm Chloe super Moore, high right. on Chloe Moore McNeil. Yeah. Um, she yeah. really filled in last year. Um, at the at the point she ended up starting quite a few games because of injuries and stuff. But uh, I can see like she was by far. I know it, as Hoosier is Siri and his three point contest and all that. But she had the highest round of any of them, men or women. Did she really? And oh wow. Yeah, she ended up making 18 in one of the rounds, and um, she was the reason, yeah, her and Miller got to the finals to begin with. So um, I don't want that to be lost either. And just I, I've been hearing a lot of great things about Chloe coming out, and not mm -hmm. just about her shooting, but her defense too. For again, for those who maybe are more casual, the women's team also hangs their hat on defense, and we lost really great defensive players last year with mm -hmm. Allie and um, Nikki. And, um, Chloe just seems like she might just be one of those those players that's willing to get in and get dirty and get down on defense. So I'm I'm super excited about Chloe. I'm really high on her. Okay, so we got this question from JD who wants to know the best and worst case scenario uh, for each team if we expect each team uh, to play at a similar level all year uh, and you know improve as Big Ten play approaches. So we'll get to the men's team in a second. You know I've talked with you guys about this. I posted it in the community. You know, it is, it's really easy to get excited about this team on paper. You know, they plugged their biggest hole, which was three-point shooting. They've got, you know, Grace and, and McKenzie are back, just excellent veterans who are proven. You know, you've got all these, these new pieces coming in. And on paper, it does seem great. And it may turn out to be great. I'm still a little bit worried that we're underestimating what we lost with Allie Patberg mm -hmm. and Nikki. Because... For as much as they struggled shooting sometimes, and like sometimes, you know, you'd watch the team and it's like scoring was just so difficult some games, you know, and, and so clearly if you can get more easy buckets with good three-point shooters, that's going to have a big impact. But so many times you watch that team play and it's like, man, Allie Patberg is just the heartbeat and Nikki with her defense would just set the tone and, you know, and, and obviously Alexa Goldbay's versatility was huge. How big of a concern is it losing that? And and almost, I mean, you're the team is going to have a different identity, and every team has a different identity every year, but they just seem so wrapped up in the identity of what Terry Moore wants this program to be. And I, I guess I'm, I'm really excited to see what it looks like, and I just wonder if we're underestimating a little bit what we lose with those two. What do you think? How how big of a concern is that? It's a concern. Yeah, that's the, been the biggest thing we've been talking about all offseason. Yeah. And um, it, 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 you, you talked about three kids that were winners, you know, that when it came down to it in terms of the history of this program, they were three of the biggest winners this program's ever had. Allie Patberg, like you said, heart and soul of this team. Nikki was kind of the driving force on the defensive end. And like you said, the, the versatility of Alexa Goldbay was was invaluable those last couple of years. Um, I think, Jared, the, to kind of answer J.D.'s question, I'll go in that direction, is I, I made the comment uh, last week, I believe, on the show that I think IU – this team may struggle in a game against a non-conference opponent where we're going to be like, really? We, we, we only beat that team by like five or six, seven, because we just struggle because you're still trying to fit the pieces of the puzzle together, but they may come out against the Tennessee. They may come out against the North Carolina, 
and and win i'm not saying they will but could win by 15 20 just because they're clicking that night because everything's you know meshing and looking good i think this team will look a whole lot better in january cohesively and on the floor in terms of sync than they do early in december and that's what i as a coach that's what i want and and mm-hmm. i think february that like i said i alluded to it earlier in the show that February schedule is a killer. They may have the toughest last six games in the conference, but so did a lot, some of the other contenders as well. Maybe not as, as tough as IU, but that 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 stretch in February that will probably determine the Big Ten conference. I think they're going to be. I, I expect them to be clicking on all cylinders by that point and just be a tough out. Yeah, and- I, I can. See, yeah, I, I can see us losing to both. That's where I think the non-conference schedule was quite smart this year. We we only have the two ranked opponents. And if you look at other big 10 teams that are contenders, Iowa, um, we did a a deep dive last night into Maryland um, and um, Ohio state in particular. I think they all have at least three, if not, I think was Maryland had five ranked, ranked teams, three of them in the top 10 on their non-conference schedule. So they're just playing a really brutal schedule. We have two, which at the end of the, the year, you might think it might hurt with uh, maybe rankings or this, that I think it's really good for this team just because again, seven returning players and seven newcomers, you don't know how they're going to fit. You don't know um, how they're going to mesh together. And to your point, replacing Allie, the good news is Allie's still on the staff. Um, yeah. A lot of the the women that have gone to media days and have had a, other interviews have said um, she's become now, instead of a, a player with them, a really good mentor to them. So I'm hoping that, that, um, culture that you know she was really um helping to build along with coach Morin and the other girls have have just become now pervasive through through the program and i think that's why we're starting to see more consistent results so yes it's absolutely a concern it's been the biggest concern i've talked about all season uh but i still think to jeff's point because our schedule is not quite as difficult as maybe they could have scheduled it to be I think that bodes really well that when we do get to the just ridiculous february <laughs> that we have um I think that hopefully by then things will be clicking, barring, of course, injuries like every team can say. I've been informed by two of our folks in the chat mob, Richie and Joel, longtime IU women's basketball supporters. They've been supporting the program even before it became the cool thing to do like it is now. They say it's no concern at all. Um, And look, I think it's unquestionable that the team has a higher ceiling this year because they have more ways to score, you know, and I mean... (laughs) basketball if you can shoot and you have a lot of ways to score you know and you have anchors like grace and and mckenzie i mean you're you probably have a a a chance to be better um but it just it's felt like for the last couple years that attitude and that grit and that toughness was just such a big part of what the team was and so if they can combine that if they can keep that and then add the shooting you know the sky's the limit so hopefully they can it's gonna be interesting to watch it develop and one thing we talked about the last couple weeks, I just don't think every possession is going to be a grind this year, Jared, for them, yeah. especially once yeah. we get it. I think the team and, and and I wonder if they'll give just a little bit on the defensive end, but I also think they're going to be a little bit more pace. I'm not they're not running and gunning, but I think you'll see a little more pace. And the other thing I'm excited to watch is there's not a true point guard with this group. I think I've I've said multiple times, I think you'll see Grace Berger kind of do a point forward mentality at, at certain parts. Uh, Garden will play some point. You may see Chloe run the point. So I I think you're going to see kind of a, a, a almost Kathy used the phrase last night positionless team with the exception of McKenzie because they, they really are going to be kind of all about the same size out there this year there's not really that true point guard 
Well, and, and I will defer. I will to... defer to you guys and Richie and Joel. You've made me feel better about my concerns. And you know yeah, and everything me, so. we're hearing, Jared, is you know that defensive mentality has not gone away. I mentioned it with Chloe Moore McNeil, but we're also hearing it with Sarah Scalia coming out. Um, Coach Moore and herself actually in media day was asked about Sarah, and she was brought in to be a shooter. Like, don't misunderstand that. Everyone, like, she was brought in to be a shooter, but Coach talked about her willingness to play defense. And that how that has surprised the entire coaching staff. So you have now two people, and I think Sydney Parrish has also been very public about how she's really focusing on defense. So you have now two plus Chloe Moore McNeil that you know hopefully is going to have a breakout season talking about that defensive mentality, and that has made me feel a whole lot better too as we you know continue to to march forward to that first tip off. Which you know, Coach Donsoni kind of blends into something we talked about recently. Which is, you know, maybe you recruit the people who can score and you teach them to play defense, you know, and, and Terry Morin has clearly built a culture of toughness and grit and defense and all that stuff. Um, and so, you know, if that comes from her and they can maintain that, but plug in better offensive players, you know, you just you just keep getting better. Yeah, it's just coaching philosophy. Uh, again, I've been reading a lot of uh preseason magazines getting all the conferences down ready for the bracketology work and boy the number of teams that have that defensive mindset and then well you know the the what's the setback what's the potholes shooting offense shooting offense so you, you see a pattern there and, and these are some successful programs you know texas tech uh was, was one of them that just came to my mind that plays defense first and recruits and transfers for defense and then tries to find offense um, I, I think there's a happy medium to that. I mean, you got to be able to put the ball in, in the basket and you need at least one or two players to do that. And, you know, you can't, you can't solely sell out on, on the defensive end, uh, without any offense or you, you'll just be a mid-level, uh, team. So, but that's the strength of Indiana men's basketball. So when you're talking about their best or worst case scenarios, one of the reasons to be excited for me, more so than the preseason rankings, is the fact that they were really solid in Mike Woodson's first year defensively. And then with the experience coming back, you think it's going to be a lot quicker to add the pieces, the new pieces defensively, uh, to fit in to make that defense even better. That's going to help you build more wins and have a more successful uh, season. So if Indiana's best-case scenario for me is, is competing right down for a Big Ten championship, if not winning it, and getting to that second weekend with the chance to get to a Final Four, I think that's the best. Obviously, you want to win the champ national championship, Big Ten championship, but I'm not going to get in, involved with that kind of conversation. That's your expectation. That's, what, that's your goal. That's what you're striving for. But, but I think that the best case is you're in the Sweet 16, you make it Elite Eight, you have a chance to get to that Final Four, um, and it's defensive-based, and those freshmen, uh, and, and Tamar Bates has a breakout season as much as he possibly can for offense, uh, and I think you see Indiana in the top 20 all year long, uh, and you know at the top of, of the Big Ten. They have the toughest schedule, where Illinois doesn't have a, a tough schedule. So part of the prediction you know, is – who has the easier schedule and then does that change throughout the season by teams getting better or worse within it I think the worst case scenario for the men is what happened to Michigan last year uh, you had players coming back you had a really good center uh, they were predicted to win the Big Ten they fell all the way to eighth uh, and I think got a 10 seed uh, in the tournament I think Indiana would really shock me to not make the tournament this year. It would be just a brutal situation. So I don't think that's the worst-case scenario. But I think the worst-case scenario is 6th, 7th in the Big Ten. Uh, and you do what the preseason favorite 
in the Big Ten did last year. Uh, some injuries maybe, some some losses, but I, th- I think the floor has been um, lifted up for the Indiana basketball program. And ultimately, that's a good thing that I, I think I feel pretty comfortable about them being in the tournament. Uh, we just want it to be uh, a pretty high seed. So that's my quick uh, answer to um, J.D.'s question. And then I'll follow up the second part, uh, Jared, and say, this team needs to play well in, in, in March, and, and I don't have the schedule memorized, but I think it gets it's tougher at the back end of February and, and March in the Big Ten. But you want to be playing your best basketball, and boy, it's been years since we've seen a, a solid run at the end. Last year, you lost some real close games to Rutgers and, and Wisconsin at home. That almost cost Indiana a bid. Uh, and they were able to flip the coin with 12 minutes to go in the, in the Michigan game to save the season. So you want to be playing better. I think this team's going to play a little more consistently, consistently because their returning veterans uh, are are back, uh, which is just opposite of what we heard about the women's program. When you fit new pieces in, you got to suspect the non-conference is going to be a feeling out uh, situation where you want to win all your games, but you can understand and then build towards the back end. Uh, I'd be really disappointed if Indiana struggles in their play this year with the amount of returning players. Um, so I, I think it's going to be more consistent, but you obviously still want that improvement from November uh, to March. Yeah, I think it's pretty easy to paint the best-case scenario for the men's team. It's win the Big Ten and make a Final Four. I mean, they've got that yeah. kind of potential, but, you know, if, if the young guys come around. And to use a word that gets used far too often on this show, but in this case it would be correct, uh, if they missed the tournament, it would be a disaster. <laughs> A total disaster if they miss the tournament this year with these expectations and these veterans, barring something just crazy happening. Um, all right, let me ask you guys this because we got these questions from Brandon, and he's talking about the men's and women's team. You know, which team is going to have a better non-conference record? Which team has a better shot at winning the Big Ten? Which team has a better shot at winning the Big Ten tournament and a national title? And it's interesting because I think, I think you can make a case that it will be easier for the women to maintain their ranking. Like I think all else equal, they're better, but I think the men probably have a better chance to win their conference championship and make a deep run just because there's more parity in the men's game than there is in the women's game. And you guys know this better than me. So correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, when you're going up against the South Carolinas and the Yukons, there's just, it seems like there's almost a bigger hill to climb at the very, very top. And you have better teams in the conference for the women than what the men would have to go up against. Is that fair, or do you guys disagree with that assessment? Yeah, I, I, I do, actually, yeah. Um, I, I think um, even the the first question was the who, which team will have a better non-conference record. I, that one, I think the women, as I mm-hmm. mentioned already before, which team will have a better shot at winning the Big Ten, I assume that's regular season. Um, I, I, I'm kind of torn on that one because I'm a little nervous with Illinois and their schedule on the men's side just seems a little easier on ours. I'm, I'm really nervous about Iowa. I mean, they have for those again, who don't know 11 of their 13 players back from last year, including including, yeah, (laughs) preseason national player of the year, Caitlin Clark. Um, So, and they got a fantastic transfer in from central Michigan. Like they, they have actually sold more season tickets for the women 
on Iowa than they have on men. They've already sold out some of their games. Um, they're just going to be a tough, tough team, I think, to beat. Um, as we experienced last year, I mean, they beat us three times last year and they haven't essentially changed. So I think okay, in terms of- I'm so of annoyed by Iowa them, sports. I just have to say. I know. It's, I've it's just gotten just, so, they, they were kind of harmless for a while. And now the last couple of years, they just annoy the hell out of me between Barta yeah. and Bohannon and the stupid shots <laughs> and Caitlin Clark and Iowa. I'm really getting tired yeah. of them. <laughs> Trust <sighs> me, I understand. <laughs> and we know how coach feels about Fran. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, I get it, Jared. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> so I think even just winning the conference title might be maybe I give the the nod towards the men there. Um, and same same thing on the Big Ten tourney side. So um, I think you're spot on on a national le- level, though, Jared. I mean, you start talking about South Carolina and some of the other teams. UConn is a wild card because they've you know lost Paige Beckers already this year. Um, but that they're still ranked sixth, even without who is supposed to be one of their best player or not one of their best players. So I don't know, Jeff, what your thoughts on that? I think, yeah, nationally, I, I can see us getting elite eight potentially if all things are clicking and we get the right matchups. But, you know, we'll look at what happened last year. You run into a UConn in that tournament. Um, boy, it's just that's a hard, hard hedge to get over. Yeah, I, I kind of go this way. I think uh I think the women will have the better non-conference record just because we mentioned they aren't playing as quite as tough a schedule. They're only playing really two teams, at least right now in the preseason top 25. I, I, I will give a slight nod to the men on winning the Big Ten outright or winning the Big Ten regular season. I just – that those last six games for IU are pretty brutal on the women's side. They play Iowa twice, and it could come down if the Big Ten gets their way. Last Sunday in February is Iowa is IU at – Iowa in Iowa City, which I'm sure the Big Ten is wow. hoping will be for a Big Ten title uh, of some sort, because I'm sure they would love to be able to get that on an ESPN or Fox. I think right now it's even scheduled for an FS1 uh, game. Um, as far as the Big Ten tourney, I I kind of like IU women that hit, to have a better shot here. I just think that they have the ability to play well and 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 defense travels into a neutral arena. I think a little bit better. Uh, and they've and, done and, it before. And they've done it before. <laughs> they've had a little more success. Um, and so I think the men though, have a little bit better shot at the national title than the women. I agree with Kathy. I'm a big believer that you get to the sweet 16 and, and Charlie cream and his too early, uh, or not too early, but Charlie cream and his, uh, kind of, uh, bracketology had IU as a three seed. So that would get them, uh, the first two games in Bloomington. I'm just a big believer. You get to the sweet 16, then anything can kind of happen. And it's about matchups. Yeah. I, I just, but I think that, you know, it's, it's, they're going to, Elite eight would be, I'd be awesome with elite eight. A final four is not out of the question, but I, I, I do think that the national title right now probably is, you know, South Carolina looks like they're, you know, again, you have to play the season, but South Carolina looks like they're loaded for bear. Um, so that would be my predictions. Yeah. South Carolina won it last year and they have almost their entire team back. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and to be clear, I mean, the women just by default have a better chance to win the Big Ten tournament because we know the men won't. Even when the men get red hot in the Big Ten tournament and play great basketball, there's freaking Jordan Bohan in there to bank in a yeah. three and stop their run. So there's just yeah, don't, or that, wouldn't, wouldn't or that kid from Minnesota. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised on the women's side to see Indiana and Iowa again in that championship um, game again. But yeah, coaches, <laughs> Coach Marlowe has hit it right in the head. We got... Iowa twice in February, Ohio State twice in February, um, and Purdue twice in February. <laughs> wow. So, so That is going to be tough. That will be tough. All right. Well, look, it's 
awesome to have both teams so good and with such high expectations, both teams in the top 15, uh, one of only uh, four programs, I think, that have the men's and women's team in the AP preseason top 25. Um, so can't wait for these seasons to start. Two seasons of high expectations with really fun teams, likable players that are so easy to get behind, veterans that, you know, we've seen Trace Jackson Davis and Race Thompson and Grace Berger and Mackenzie Holmes grow up. You know, and it's so rewarding to see them as they get toward the end of their journeys, you know, and now kind of be able to see what kind of cap they can put on it. Uh, it's just going to be a really, really fun season. So can't wait to see it and can't wait to go through it with all of you guys on the men's show and on the women's show. So we'll be uh, talking about it all season long. But for now, it's time to hit the mailbag with questions from our community members. We will do that next. Stick with us here on the Assembly Call. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And... Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. All right. Good stuff. Yeah, Richie and Joel, they know their women's basketball, man. Yeah. They, they know, know all their, their IU sports, to be fair. Like, field hockey, all of it. Yeah. Eh. Mm. We listen to Joel and men. We all listen to Joel and women's basketball. Men's basketball. We, we try not to listen to Joel at all. Joel doesn't like coaches. <laughs> That's because he's a referee. I know. I yeah. never had a bad. I never had a bad rep relationship with a referee. I don't know about Coach Tonsoni. I don't like him. I don't like him. What is the? There's a couple. Know? What's nice. the what's the attendance expectation for the women this year? That's probably a good question. Maybe Joel or Richie can answer. I don't know what and the season tickets are. Ari put something out, didn't he? I thought I saw um, a tweet from Ari about season tickets. I don't know if they, he was referencing Indiana or – I see him in the, in the chat. There we go, 5 to 10,000. 10, yeah. yeah. For the women, yeah. That's great. The closer to 10, the better. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I tell awesome. you, for um, I attended uh, a game last year for the first time in a long time. I, I know uh, 
my my sons have gone uh, down. It is absolutely something. I think every fan of Indiana University needs to do at least at least once, if not more, especially with the team, uh, the women's team, poised to have such a good season. And th- those games are absolutely uh, <laughs> remarkable. <laughs> they are. I, I agree. Um, I'm going to two women's games this year. Both of them are away. So um, in February, so the men play Purdue at home on that Saturday. That Sunday, the women play at Purdue. So my mom and sister are coming up and nice. um, with my husband, are going to meet him there. But then, of course, yeah, my husband and I bought tickets to the Iowa game um, at the end of the year. The February game was on a Sunday. Oh, I got online three minutes after single season ticket, single game tickets went on sale for Iowa and they only had three sections available. Wow. So we're sitting halfway up in the corner. <laughs> so, but you'll was, have your red on. That's but right. I'll have red on. So I will definitely stick out. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm going to try and I'm going to try and get down for a game this year. I haven't been for a couple of years. So yeah. Very nice. Cool. Very nice. All right. Let's uh, hop in and answer some questions. Uh, okay. The first one is going to be going to you two because it's about the women's team. Sounds- Here. We go. <clears throat> this is Jordan Halls, and I never miss a shot or an episode of the Assembly Call. Talk about a guy who can shoot, the great Jordan Halls. Welcome back to the Assembly Call. I'm Jared Morris here with Coach Brian Tonson, Coach Jeff Marlowe, Kathy Amos, and we are talking about the men's and women's team. Uh, with the seasons getting ready to kick off in under two weeks. I mean, we're going to have exhibition games coming very soon, and then the real thing kicks off. Uh, so just so much happening. And by the way, it makes it a great time to join the community, assemblycall.com slash community. We're getting ready to ramp that up. Uh, by the way, I will be doing. Uh, I will be having a conversation with Mike DeCourcy tomorrow morning. Not going to do it live, uh, but we're going to record it. I will post that. It will be for community members. Um, and then we're going to be doing a weekly show. Uh, Coach is going to help me with it. Instead of doing Banner Monday, we're going to do it on Friday because the schedule works out better. Uh, And so I think Mike is going to be coming and doing a weekly spot. We'll have some statistical analysis, previews, all the stuff, you know, that we used to do for Banner Monday. And Coach and I are going to be tag teaming that together. Uh, That is going to be content for our community members, along with some of the statistical deep dives that we do, uh, some of the coverage that Ari provides of all the different sports, the conversations that Jeff and Kathleen uh, lead with the women's, the virtual happy hours that we do, Tony Adrania's IU Film Room. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that happens in there. So go to assemblycall.com slash community. Now is a great time uh, to get in uh, and join us because it's going to be a really fun season for both of these teams. All right, time for the mailbag. These questions submitted uh, inside of our community. And let's start with one for Tyler, uh, from Tyler. He wants to know the women's starting five. He said, it seems like there are six players in the conversation. What do you see shaking out with the starting lineup? Jeff, Kathy? you go first. Oh, yeah. thanks, thanks. All right. <laughs> hey, um, actually, there's probably about seven people in the lineup yeah. that I think are in the mix here. Uh, I've kind of gone with the philosophy that she'll go with her vets. Mackenzie um, Holmes. Uh, Alyssa Geary, Grace Berger, Sydney Parrish, Sarah Scalia to start. That'd be, I think, the five you see start with. But I don't think I think Chloe Moore McNeil is in the mix, and and I also think that Yarden Garzon is in that mix. I don't know if they'll start right off the bat. Chloe may. I, I'll be interested. I think there are some games where I think Terry Morin can make other teams have to adjust to her lineups, and I would really kind of like to see that. 
Um, but she also has the ability to go a little bigger with Parrish and Scalia, especially they they'll be a little bigger than they were last year. And now that can create some matchups problems as well. So right now I'm going to go with the five. I mentioned Holmes, Gary, uh, Berger, Scalia and Parrish, but I would not be shocked if by middle of the season, Chloe and Yarden are either starting here and there or getting some, or in the lineup overall. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I, I have deviated. That was my original starting five at the beginning of the offseason. I am swapping out Sydney Parrish and putting in Chloe Moore McNeil. Um, I, I mentioned that a few times now over the last few weeks on on our podcast, but and I mentioned it here as well. I'm really high on Chloe. I, I think there's high expectations from her. Her improvement last year and confidence that she gained when she did get into the starting lineup was just it it, it was impressive to watch and Everything I'm seeing, she's being taken to media day. It just seems that she's the one that is being put out there. Um, and I think she's got the defensive mentality, and now she's got some shooting that's also going along with it. She knows Coach Morin's system. Coach uh, Marlowe mentioned veterans. So while Sydney Parrish is a veteran of basketball, she's not a veteran of Coach Morin's basketball. Um, so I think that co- that Chloe Moore McNeil is going to get that nod on the on day one. So um, I could see potentially maybe um, if we're because coaches Coach Morin has done this in the past, she's more willing to change her lineups due to matchups. I could potentially see maybe Gary coming out and Sydney Parrish coming in if, if we're playing like maybe a smaller lineup like Maryland's pretty small. And so I could see maybe going smaller as well, but that's where I'm going. And let me ask you this. What are fair expectations for Sydney Parrish? Cause obviously there was a big to do when she came and she's got the pedigree of, you know, being a, you know, miss basketball. Um, but I, you know, and she was a really highly ranked recruit. And so I, you know, I was obviously very excited when she came and Then I remember looking at her stats from Oregon and I was like, huh, I guess like I just expected them to be a little bit better. Um, like what kind of player is she and, and not, not, you know, stats aren't everything. I mean, I obviously know that, but I've never really seen her play. Like, can you give me the quick synopsis of what kind of player she is and what to expect from her? Yeah. Coach, why don't you take that one? I think you're probably, you saw her in high school and everything. So you're way more. Uh, I only saw her uh, once in high school live. I think Sydney was one of those kids in high school who had high basketball IQ and and could really dominate because she understood the game and she was physically talented but she understood the game she was all you know and and had played a lot of basketball coming through the system i think the one thing that may be hurting her at this level is that i do think there's a little bit of lack of lateral quickness i think that you know her foot speed may be an issue i i to me the Sydney Parish, I think her her upside and where she really helps this team if she can just knock down two or three threes a game you know, and and help spread the floor out and be a veteran and and just understand about winning and I and so whether that's as a starter or a six person off the bench that to me is where she really kind of is where her upside is for this team but I'm, I don't think I don't expect Sydney Parrish to come out and average 15 points a game for this yeah. team um, now could Sarah Scalia come out and average 15 points a game for this team as a transfer yeah I could see that but I just don't think that's Sydney's game but I could see Sydney averaging nine to 11 and just feeling and fulfilling her role, whether it's a starter or off the bench. Okay. Yeah. I, I think if people are expecting Sydney to come in and be like, take over as the superstar role on the team, I don't think that's, that's going to be her role. So um, not going to be probably one of our top two, if even three scorers for sure. It, it, at least that's my, my expectation. Yeah. It'll be Grace it's, McKenzie and Scalia, right? As the top, that's scorers, my top three. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. It's interesting to hear hear you, Coach Marlow, talk about uh, quickness and athleticism. That the, the collegiate game at all levels, men's and women, have gotten so athletic over the last dec- decade, decade and a half, and that's part of the women's game that has improved so much. Is now the, the athleticism is is just exploding, uh, yeah. which is making the game. Um, you know, just deeper. Uh, the but, programs just, you just don't have Tennessee and UConn anymore. You, you're seeing a lot more programs being able to access that because the athletes are, are better. And that's just so good to see for the women's mm-hmm. side of college basketball. And coach, you and I've seen this both on the men's side and the women's side, you know, that there are not Nikki Cardano Hillary was maybe a little bit of an outlier. There are not very many five, eight, five, nine point guards anymore, even in the women's game yeah. that they, they're six foot, they're six one. And at least at the elite with the elite teams. Um, and we've seen this kind of on the men's side, kind of going back farther with the men's game, you know, the, the, the five, nine mighty might point guard in high school that you thought could play at the college level they're getting passed over for the six foot six, one kids. And that, that was happening 15 years ago. So I think you're right, but it, at all it, levels, at all levels. And it's going to make the game, the game is getting better. Like I said, the one I'm the, one of the kids I'm really excited to see is the Garzon girl from, from Israel. Cause like I said, the, I think they're, they're listening around six, two, six, three, she's supposed to be mm-hmm. athletic, you know, so I'm really looking forward to seeing her. Yeah, me too. All right, so here is a question from Brian Flukiger, a uh, long, long-time listener. Brian's been around since the very beginning. I remember when we first put up a website, Brian was the first testimonial that I put up on the website. Always remember that name. So Great he name. Says, it is. He says, what? <laughs> first name especially, right? Yeah. He says, I have a question that is more of an off-season topic, but I saved for when Coach Tonsoni and Coach Marlowe were scheduled to be on the show. Next month is the 35th anniversary of my very first IU basketball game at Assembly Hall, the 1987 exhibition game against the Soviet national team when I was just seven years old. This is the game when Bob Knight walked his team off the court with 15 minutes left to play. This is a controversy that has been lost over time. It would be great to hear both coaches' memories of this game, why Coach Knight didn't want to play the game, why he was ejected, and why he walked his team off the court. Uh, do you guys, cause coach, that's when you were, uh, on campus, if I recall correctly. Yeah. And, and I, I just, my internet was down for a while this afternoon, so I didn't get a chance to, to really prep a whole lot for the show. I wanted to go back. There was a time where, um, some Soviet basketball players showed up at Walnut Knolls at an apartment party that I was at and they were carrying bottles of vodka <laughs> and we were trying to communicate with them. I, I can't remember, Brian, if that was 87 or they came two years in a row. Uh, if it was 87, they maybe they came after the game because it was it was cut cut short. Um, well, that would have been like that, Bonus and Marchalonis and those guys. Yeah, I, I have no idea. It's been 30-some years, so my memory is really poor. But that I do remember seeing these big dudes walk in with a bottle of vodka um, to the party where I was at. And, and so the, it was the Soviet players that were either – uh, it had to be after after the game, but um, you know what, what's interesting when you're in college, those exhibition games. I don't think I paid a whole lot of attention until the season started, uh, and then TV coverage was so so different as well. You remember hearing it uh, afterwards, but it was a it was an official uh, that uh, obviously something I, I have Jim no Burr, the great yeah, Jim Burr. Uh, <laughs> and, and just a refusal to give in and and teed him up, and instead of playing. You know, uh, I'm sure Coach Knight uh, was not a fan of of 
the Soviet Union, the Russians to begin with, probably politically or whatever. And he's just like, you know, screw it, we, we go. But my memory is more of 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 when when those Soviet players walked into ducking underneath the door to to get in and. And we were just having having a good time with them, but um, th- that's Brian is is unfortunately I don't have a whole lot of memory of the game, um, but um, it's shocking to see any team walk off the floor. I, I know it was a huge controversy of the time that people were saying should that have been done, you know th- those kinds of things. But back then, Coach Knight could have done just about anything, and everyone's going to stand up and applaud. Um, and then again, when he, it, it was in, I, I try to teach my students this too. When you grow up in, in that time period, it was, you know, you really didn't like the, the Russians. Uh, it was a strong hatred. Not that I don't think it's changed a whole lot, um, uh, but that's just the way you grew up from the 80, uh, the Olympics, the hockey, all of that stuff. And um, so it wasn't a bother to us that it happened. And uh, it was kind of nice to meet a couple of them uh, and, and share a drink. But um, that, that's, that's the extent of my memory. Boy, talk about a, an exhibition game that will challenge you, too. I mean, that's, yeah. you're not playing, yeah. you know, Bellarmine. Or, I mean, Bellarmine Those guys were pros. Player, but, but here, well, okay, yeah, so here's the interesting thing about this. Because and I, I didn't realize this. I obviously knew this story, but I went and did some reading on it today. Coach Knight, obviously known for his stubbornness, <laughs> for rarely backing down, rarely admitting fault, was very contrite after this, actually, and said he made a mistake. He shouldn't have done it. He got caught up. I think he was a little bit upset about this kind of tour that the Russians were taking because he thought it was going to give them a leg up in the Olympics. And so he kind of didn't like that. And so I'm not sure what all led to the game getting scheduled. Um, but then he had some disagreements with Jim Burr, didn't like some of the calls, ended up getting three techs. And as Coach Knight was wont to do at times, his temper got the best of him. But he, you don't often see him say, I was wrong and I shouldn't have done that. But in all the articles about this, he's very contrite and says he shouldn't have done that. And he just kind of got caught up in the moment, made a mistake. Uh, and so that it's one of the more interesting endings to a Coach Knight story because you just don't see, didn't it, see that very often. It makes sense that he was mad about the schedule. Something about the schedule, um, but, but that but, was after the Olympics. That was after the '84 when Knight was the coach, right? But he was yeah, looking but, ahead to the next Olympics. Yeah, he was okay. looking ahead to '88. But but that, yeah, that, there's two things there. He had made comment before, but he wasn't sure why we were letting him come over here and basically get some training games against our players. But he also had made the comment a few days before the games. I had to go back and look at some of this because I was at school in Ohio, so I didn't see any of this till the next day it, when it made the newspaper. I think it made USA Today, and I was like what the heck is going on here? You know, of course, uh, the my friends in Ohio were like, what's Knight doing? And I'm like, I don't know. I didn't see it. So, but he'd made the comment a few days before the game that, you know what? We want to play the best teams. We want to, and this team is going to make us better. He'd played the Soviets before. They'd played them in 76. They'd played yep. them in like 80 and 83. So it wasn't brand new. And, but, and Coach Tonsoni brings up a great point. This was before the, the Soviet players started, the Russian players started coming to the NBA or the NHL. You only saw them maybe in a game like this or in the Olympics. You didn't see them every day or like Coach did coming through the door at a party, you know. But um, it all really came down to that, 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 that dispute with Jim Burr, from what I remember, and that Burr and him just got into it and Knight couldn't let it go, and Burr teed him up three times and basically said, you're out of here. And Knight said, well, if I'm out of here, I'm taking my team with me. And, you know, that was 
you know, but I, I just remember that um, I went back and looked. And like I said, the reason I was joking about uh, Marcellonis, that Sharonis Marcellonis was on that team. And I think he mm-hmm. was the guy that hit like four of the free throws out of those techs. And he ended up with like 28 points or something. I, I honestly also think this is one of those looking back on it. They were coming off the national championship. It was not the same team. Obviously, we graduated Steve and 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 things, but I don't think I, I always felt like Knight liked playing good teams like this. But he almost to a certain they were down twenty at one point and yeah. got away from them again. And I almost feel like he did it on purpose. I know I'm I'm doing some psychoanalyzing here because he didn't like the way his team was getting pounded on the floor. I think he thought his team was going to compete better, and they they weren't ready for that level of competition at that point. Yeah, it could be part of it. And, you know, a lot of his comments when he was contrite, he was he was especially regretful because of the fans, you know, that, that he walked the team off the floor when the fans were there to see a full game. Um, but fascinating, just a fascinating story. Gosh, there's so many Bob Knight stories that just you look back on. And you're like, now, I can't believe now, that Jared, actually was, happened. Were you there? Were, were Was your dad part of Mallory's Man, staff at that point? Yeah, he definitely was. And I definitely remember going to a game against the Russians. Um, and so if that was the last one, I might have been at that game. But I don't like I don't remember the a controversy or anything. I'm gonna have to ask my dad if we were if we were at that one, because I would have been six at the time. So I I definitely remember being in a game with the Russians, but we'll see if Did they play back to back years? Or was it the only time that they played? I thought so. I'd have to I'll have to go look and see. I thought they played the Russians a couple years in a row. I did too. I'm, That's I'm why I said I wasn't sure if it was uh, the '87 year when when they came partying, or or it was it was maybe the after the, the Olympics. After the yeah, it had to be either '86 or '87. '88, um, I was in a different location, living mm-hmm. down there. So, all right, let's hit up our final question here. Oh wait, actually, Phil asked: Will the women make a higher percentage of their three point shots over the season, or the men? <laughs> women. Women, <laughs> well, and I think Phil's question, that. Phil's question, there's an important one to address quickly too about yeah. any rivalry between the um, yes. the teams, and, and the answer is no. No, we, no. Usually, there isn't in anything, even at our level uh, at high school, um, the student body and the athletes bond together, and and you see a lot of the the men at the women's games, and and vice versa. Uh, they're in there. They're grinding together. They know they know what it's like, and it's the same for football and and, and the other sports as well. That um, it, it truly is, a, you know, what is it? Twenty six, uh, twenty four sports, one twenty four sports, one team, something like that. That that has been a really good thing at Indiana University, yeah. and and that's something as an alum that I'm really proud of. That I, I, I see it all the time, uh, but team to team, uh, no, you you want success for your fellow athletes. Yep. yep. Do any of you disagree that it'll be the women with the higher percentage? <laughs> no, I think it'll probably be the women. I think it'll be the women, but I think it'll be close. Yeah. I if it's the, the men, men shoot better. a little better, then they're really going to reach their ceiling. Cause yes. <laughs> if they're close. Yeah. I think yeah. now to be fair too. I mean, the women weren't real consistent with their three point shooting last year. So that's why they did bring in Sydney and Sarah. So Assuming they they mesh well, I'll I'll stick with my answer. It's gonna man, it's gonna be interesting. I mean, the men shot like thirty three percent from three last year, which obviously isn't good enough, but it was better. It was an improvement over any season under Archie. But you know, you take Parker Stewart out of there, who obviously was the best three point shooter, 
and you know can X shoot quite that well again? I you know I sure hope so, but he was you know better than he had ever been, and so you know it's going to be interesting to see if they can reach that level again. Um, you know you hope for improvement from Tamar Bates and from Trey Galloway and from Miller Cop and from all those guys, and if that happens, you know they certainly can. Uh, but it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see uh, what the shooting looks like um, for the men. Uh, and let's go with Leslie's question. She says, please explain what everyone means by, quote, manage expectations. Aren't most of us rational people who can readjust accordingly once we start to see how the Big Ten plays out? No. Are people just trying no. <laughs> to contain the crazies in our fan base that are going to be crazy anyway? Yes. Uh, <laughs> does Leslie get on Twitter during games? That's what <laughs> I was going to ask. Leslie must not be on Twitter. Um, That's what but I, to answer your question, yes, people are trying to contain the crazies. Yes. That is that is part of it. But I think also it's, <clears throat> you know, to her point, yes, most of us are rational people. That's the thing I love about our community, actually, is I think a lot of the folks in our community uh, have that mindset. <laughs> you know, but I, I think... Uh, I think there's a certain defense mechanism that people have with IU basketball right now where they've been disappointed so often, you know, and have had expectations raised a couple times in the Archie Miller era and it never quite came through. And so I think people are trying to manage their own expectations just to not get too high right off the bat because there's no place to go but down. If your expectations are too high. Um, and so, so I think that's kind of why people are doing it. But yes, I, I think for the most part, we're rational people. And most IU fans you can talk to understand the range of reasonable outcomes that are there. Um, but there also is the crazy element, not just of our fan base, that's there for any fan base um, mm -hmm. that certainly has to be dealt with. Jerry, let me let me add real. I'm sorry, Kathy. Uh, real quick, too. It's a normal progression is to be ninth in the Big Ten, then fifth in the Big Ten, then number one in the Big Ten, and and, and the expectations take us from ninth to, you know, Gary Parish has us winning every award uh, in, in the thing, and that's great, and, and I hope that comes, uh, you know, to fruition. I, I really do, and that's what I'm rooting for. But we could have a good season and finish fourth in the Big Ten and get yep. a fifth seed or a sixth seed and pull off an upset or two and get to the Sweet 16. And my concern is I don't want people to think the program is is back to being uh, – this program is headed in the right direction under Coach Woodson um, uh, overall uh, in the overall picture. And a, a move forward is good. Uh, even though I know we have a lot of seniors and you worry about what's going to happen recruiting and all of those things, my big fear is everyone, if, if we don't win the Big Ten, if we don't get to a Final Four, then all of a sudden it's going to be a neg negative towards the program when really it moved from barely making the tournament to maybe a fifth or sixth seed and getting to the Sweet 16 or, or wherever we end up that don't meet expectations. And, and it's impossible to manage that, yeah. Leslie. It really is. But that's where I'm at personally. Uh, I want to make sure that I, I look at this team fairly at the end of the year and say, you know what, Trace Jackson Davis got us from no tournament yep. to a play-in game to a Sweet 16, uh, and, and those accomplishments are to be applauded, not, oh, my gosh, we lost uh, you know, to Kansas and North Carolina and we finished third in the Big Ten because we had a tough schedule and I'm, I'm down on the team, down on Coach Woodson. The, that's where I'm trying to manage my expectations is that I think we can have a good season – and not win everything that we're being predicted to win. I think that is I, I have, really well said, Coach. Really, yeah, well absolutely. Said. I, 
I have the Kathy. same thing. And I think though, to, to back to what Leslie's questions are people just trying to contain the crazies and our fan base, it, it, we're joking, but not really joking about being on Twitter. And that's the problem with social media and everything else, right? Like a, it may be a small faction of our fan base that, you know, go off the deep end as soon as we lose a game, but it's going to happen. The problem with that small faction is often they're the most vocal and the most public about it. And, and I the players think and then, parents see it. And then players and, and recruits, recruits and yeah. hey, yes, exactly. Parents see it and they forget that they're, they're tweeting or, you know, whatever, pick your media platform at real people. And they forget that. And I think that's where managing expectations here might be coming into to play. So yes, most of us, I agree, are probably rational and we can say, you know what, I'm not surprised we lost North Carolina. They're number one team, right? But there's going to be a handful of people that is, if we do lose to North Carolina or, or whoever, they're going to be out there. They're going to be vocal and they're going to be, you know, again, giving Indiana fans a bad name. And I think that that's every fan base though, too, Kathy, to some extent. Uh, Oh, I'm not saying we're unique coach. That's not what I'm saying. No, but I'm just saying every fan base has it. We just tend to maybe have more. Right. (laughs) Or notice it. (laughs) Or some of them maybe have louder voices. So, well, and I, I take it from two directions. I, I think like coach, you know, you and you and I having coached high school ball, you know, every team's different. You may have won a sectional the year before. You may have you made a run at the end of the year and, and finished 500, and you thought that was great. You were going to come in and be great the next year. Every team's different, and you got to be able to let them develop their own identity. And so I always get – I always feel like you got to give a team a chance, like in a college game, give them a chance to get into December or even early January before you really start judging where they're at yeah. and, and such. And then the other thing I'll say this, and to kind of Leslie, and I thought Kathy kind of hit kind of the same way. I'll just say it differently. I'm 55 years old. I live and die with IU basketball. Or I should say, I want them to be successful. I want them to win as much as possible, but I'm not, I'm not going to lose sleep anymore over what 18 and 19 year old kids do in a game. And, 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 and you know what? It's I was watching this football life on NFL network one day and it was Bud Grant about Bud Grant who lost three, three Super Bowls, four Super Bowls, three Super Bowls, four. was it four. Yeah. Yeah. Four Super Bowls. And he's like, he said, you know, at the end of the day, it's entertainment. I, I'm more concerned about feeding my family and putting a roof over the head than I was, you know, after the game was over. And I, I was like, you know, that's a pretty healthy appetite that I, I wish more of us had, but uh, I just think you got to give this team a chance. I think they're going to be really good. And like we talked about earlier in February and March, they might lose a game or two in December. Oh, well move on and let's, let's get ready, you know, for February, March. Yeah. Let's all remember Jeff's words when that game comes in December. Now, you know, it's the other thing to remember, too, about these expectations. And, Coach, you kind of hinted at this is, you know, expectations don't just happen in a vacuum. So this Indiana team, I think we all agree. Like you just you look at this Indiana team and in a normal Big Ten, this is probably a team that is predicted somewhere from fourth to sixth. Right just given what they've got. Now, you know, they've got obviously some good young players and there's certainly some upside there. But think of the really good Big Ten conferences where you've got a couple of top 10 teams and, you know, it's probably maybe third to sixth, we should say. But because the Big Ten is so down, Indiana has been raised up. And I think to a certain extent, Indiana's even preseason rankings 
are listed maybe a little bit higher than where they should be just because teams are like, oh my God, or people ranking are like, we don't have a Big Ten team yet. We got to get a Big Ten team in here. Well, really this team, you know, might even be more in the 15 to 20 range just based on the players they have. But it's in comparison to the competition that you're going to have. And so that's important to keep in mind too. And Coach is right, you know. We've got to see what this team is going to be. You know, our guy is going to grow and develop. You know, we always talk ourselves into the idealized version of everything, and that's not going to happen. Um, and other Big Ten teams are going to be better than we think. Some are going to be worse. And so we've got to take it as it comes and meet the team where it is. And that's the key part about managing expectations is if you're just anchored on we have to win a Big Ten title and, you know, make a Final Four because that's what the ceiling is. And we've gotten excited talking about that. I mean, then you don't leave yourself a whole lot of room for joy in the season, you know, and it is a big leap to go from barely making the tournament to favored to win the Big Ten. We kind of miss the fun mm-hmm. season in the middle where you like run up those expectations. Yeah. So I think that's that's the idea is keep your expectations in check enough that you're fair to the players and that you allow yourself to enjoy the journey. Because, look, we all want to get back to the point where you've got those expectations every year. And it's like, you got to compete for a big 10 title and, you know, make tournament runs and all that stuff. And that should be the standard. Um, But, you know, let's, let's see what this team is. Let's see what they can do. It's going to be a really interesting season, a really likable bunch. Um, And I think that's where managing your expectations can just help you enjoy the journey. Yeah. So it's called a ceiling for a reason, right? (laughs) That's right. Everything has to go right. And hopefully we have a season like that. Those seasons are really fun. You know, but usually you kind of hit the middle of your expectation, you know. And so if Indiana does that, they're second or third or fourth in the Big Ten, get a solid seed, you know, maybe win a couple games in the NCAA tournament. That would be an awesome step forward for this program. And anything above that is gravy. So, you know, hopefully we get a lot of gravy. But, (laughs) you know, let's take what we can get and enjoy the season. Uh, Any final thoughts? Kathy, Jeff, thank you so much for coming and hanging, giving us your insight on the women's team. Remember, it's assemblycall.com slash DTW. That will take you there. Subscribe to their podcast because all the new episodes are going to be in the DTW feed. Uh, So subscribe there. Uh, Final thoughts from you two on uh, the women, the men, anything that you, uh, that you want to say? Yeah. Um, I'll go first real quick. I think, it, um, gosh, I'm just excited. I've been getting more and more excited as, uh, <laughs> uh, as the season has been soon approaching. And, um, unfortunately for me, I'll miss the first two weeks of both the men and the women due to work obligations. And, um, I'll be out of the country makes it rather difficult to follow it when you're on the other side of the world. But um, I expect fully to be hearing Jeff on our DTW feed and I'll be listening to Simply Call and pretending at least that I had watched all those games. So, um, and then coming back. Jeff, are you doing solo episodes while Kathy's in India? Um, No, we're going to reach out to a few people and, and try to get them to come on. I'm trying not to go solo. Yeah, I'm still trying to strong arm my husband to fill in like he did last year when Jeff was gone. <laughs> I haven't had any luck with that. He was great, which is too bad. But no, I'm just excited. And, you know, I back to coach all the way at the beginning, coach Tonzoni at the beginning preseason rankings. They don't mean anything right now. I mean, they mean everything right now, but they don't mean anything. Let's roll the ball out. Let's see what's going on. And, and let's play some damn hoops already. <laughs> nice. Okay. Because because it's the shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I'm just excited. Excuse my language is the shit. 
Do we right. give out a Charmin Award um, <laughs> every game for? <laughs> nah, sorry, bad idea. Sure. That's funny. I could I go just... two ways. I'm just excited for both these programs. For once, like Kathy mentioned earlier, we're both ranked in the top in the preseason top 25. Both programs are expected to be in the mix at the end of the season for a conference title to advance deep into the tournament. If you're an IU fan, if you're an IU basketball fan, you really are kind of, you know, this could be a kind of a a, a really – What's the a phrase I should look for? I hate to say banner. I'll say it. it could be a banner year for IU basketball because both programs have opportunities to put up banners this year. Yeah, literally and figuratively. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. Coach, you we can't let you end on the Charmin comment. You gotta you gotta finish <laughs> strong here. Make your last shot. <laughs> no, you know we got uh, eight days, eight nine days to the first men's uh, exhibition. Get your Big Ten uh, Plus subscription for the one month, uh, ready to roll. If you're not going to be, women. yeah, uh, I'm going to keep mine all year. That's a good point. Um, how many games? Um, too many. Too many on Big Ten Plus. Yeah. Um, not a bad deal throughout. Um, I, I like it to get some film clips and everything, but it, it's just time to watch some basketball. You know, we enjoy uh, doing the show and we enjoy all the, you know, off season topics and all of that. But man, as it gets closer and closer and closer, it, you just that Saturday can't get here fast enough um, to, to to watch that. I'm gonna I'm gonna be in attendance at the second exhibition. Um, I, I think Indiana's done a nice job to give me a, a few games uh, for credentialed, um, so I'll be able to go nice. down and watch a few games early, uh, in person. But I'm just excited. It, it like, you know, Coach Marlow just said it's nice to have two programs that are ranked and and have really good expectations. Uh, we 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 have that for all all of our programs, um, you know, at, at Indiana. So. Yeah, get here. So we have basketball to talk about. And looking forward to your show with uh, Mike DeCourcy. Always enjoyed those interviews in the past. So there's some really good things uh, going on uh, inside our community. Can't stress that enough. Join the community. Uh, let us know. I, I, I like to, you know, we'll, we'll talk to people, interview people, do whatever. For my Coach's Corner segment, um, that, that's been fun as well. So the season is just absolutely excruciatingly close. And this episode can now count as an official episode of the assembly call because Valerie's here. She just posted in the chat. It doesn't <laughs> count if Valerie's not here. So she made it. So this counts. Uh, and by the way, next week, Jay is going to be here. We are doing our over-unders episode. Uh, everybody always likes that one. So Jay is putting together some very difficult over-unders for us that we will have to, uh, we will have to decide on for next week. I suck uh, at that. And <laughs> just a preview. I know. And then the season's here. Post-game shows. Holy moly. It comes. It comes. All right. Uh, well, that is going to do it for us on this week's episode of the Assembly Call. If you want to see us do the show live, join us at assemblycall.com on Thursday nights for the live broadcast of our Assembly Call radio recording and for all the post-game shows that are coming. Thank you to Bob Thompson for producing our music. Thank you to John Ringer of rigdesign.com for designing our logo and the logo for doing the work. And thank you, of course, for listening. Uh, we will talk to you next week on Assembly Call Radio. Until then. Take it from me, Christian Wofford. Keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. Go Hoosiers. 
Indiana basketball business shit. <laughs> I wish I had a better better audio of that. If anybody has better audio quality of that soundbite, please send it to me. Ah, I need, a, I need love good it. clean audio for that one. <laughs> Pardon the pun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh jeff kathy that was great really yes. looking forward to following thanks. along with the women's team with you all this season thanks yeah. for having fun it's gonna yeah, be thanks fun for having it's us indiana indiana sports never disappoint we always reach expectations things always go exactly <laughs> as we as we expect they're going to so we can we can team, safely right? enter the season soon, and, for football <laughs> yeah, uh, football wins saturday <laughs> oh yeah uh, any any quick football thoughts so you think you think we're winning at Rutgers? You think this crew is ready to go win a road game? Uh, I I'm going on faith. a bike ride with friends. I'm not even going to watch. I got. Oh no, we've re- have we reached that point in the season? My niece is in the volleyball regional, so um, I'll probably have it on my phone. To be honest with you, I'll be tuning in, watching on the phone. But, but yeah, at a regional volleyball game. Check local listings, but it's going to be like 80 degrees here on Saturday. So we got to get a last group bike ride in while we can. So where's she playing at coach LaPorte hometown, my hometown. So I'm going to go see my mom for breakfast, do a little work around her house and then, uh, go, go there and then go up to new Buffalo, um, in between games to a beer church. Um, my, uh, wife's cousin owns uh the beer church brewery in new buffalo they have oh, some nice. wood oven pizzas and stuff so mm-hmm. and then hopefully an evening volleyball game if not we'll just drive home and have you, call it a night have you been up there to uh is it the straw dog the stray dog no i've heard a lot of good things in new buffalo about that good but place. i can't get past his brewery because i know him so it's the first one in town as you drive in in so okay. i have to remember that yeah we get up there about at least once a year so Good place. Very nice. All right, everybody. Well, have right. a great rest of your evening. Have a great weekend. And yep. Good to see everybody. Good yeah, to see everybody. See you all in the community and back here next week. See ya. See, see ya. ya. <laughs>